your short track racing connection. Broadcasting from the Fireside Beverage Studios, this is the Turn 4 Podcast. Look for us every Tuesday where all major podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at Turn 4 Podcast. And now, DJ and Zach, take it away. All right, this week's guest, Cody LeBlanc. Cody, what year did you actually start racing? I finally I picked up this crazy addiction in 2003. I was 10 years old. A uh, kid's truck division at White Mountain in uh, central New Hampshire. My brother started the year before in 2002. He was 14, and that was their, their first year ever that they had this truck division. And they still have it uh, this day. I think this year is the first year they're going to allow um, kids to drive cars. But that's uh, kind of where I got my start, and the rest was history from there. That's like the like S10s and Rangers and shit that they ran? Yeah, there was mostly S10s. Uh, I think when they also first started, there were some Ford Rangers, uh, Dodge Ram D50s. Um, those were kind of the kind of the starting trucks. They never allowed any of the Mazdas or Toyotas or anything like that. Hmm. How many years did you do that? Just the one or a couple of them? Uh, I actually did four. Um, I did that my last year. I was 13 years old, and we were getting killed because during that time when I was running, they allowed uh, tr- newer trucks to come in. When we first started, the oldest you could have was a 1988. And then as time went on, they allowed up to 97. Um, and those trucks were absolutely dominant. Uh, there was one truck that in particular, Steve Lejean. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He, he's now uh, a head guy with Kyle Larson, but he came in with this new truck and he won about every single race. So uh, we had to make a decision. We're going to ride out another year and be terrible or, or do something different. And, uh, that's when I made a jump to a V8 at 14 years old, and I ran, uh, they called Super Stocks, up in Riverside Speedway in Groveton. Um, it was just a V8 Camaro, and we ran on race tires, and that's when I got my first uh, taste of a V8, and I was not good. <laughs> so when you say you're not good, like, did you wreck equipment, or you just weren't competitive that first year? I just wasn't very competitive. I mean, I was a young kid uh, racing with grown men at at 14 i was pretty intimidated and uh the car wasn't wasn't very very good to be honest but i mean it kind of humbled me and it it taught me how to be bad and how to be humble and i learned a lot a lot from that experience and it really helped down the road now were those like stock 350s with three speeds or are they automatics or what were those yeah yeah that's it was it was not stock they were they weren't really having any crate motors back in the day. They were they were built 350s, but there wasn't anything spe- anything special to them. Yeah, I just know that when we started, like Claremont started that, like I think we called them strictly stocks, but same idea. We did like 305s to start, and it had to be an automatic, and then the automatic started going away, and it was 305s with standard. So I didn't know if that was kind of the same same idea. Yeah, I believe like that right now was kind of that division at Star the and. That was at Beechridge, the Mad Bombers there. Yep, yep. I think those are 305s with automatics, which is a pretty pretty neat division. But uh, no, I I did that for I only did a year. Uh, then I went back down to 
back down to four cylinders. My first time in a four cylinder car and my first time in a front wheel drive. Uh, Riverside, they had a division called the Cyclones. It was more an enduro style division. He pretty much ran a hundred laps uh, every every week. He ran one practice and then a hundred lapper enduro style rules. And I did that did that for a full season when I was 15 and. Then I made my uh, made my way up the next year when I was 16 into a full-time late model at Riverside. So, like, you jumped around from, like, fucking everything here. So you were in, like, a, a two-liter truck to a street stock with a 350 to... Full drive four-cylinder. Yeah, Jesus Christ. What into you... a, to a late model. I've, I've jumped up and down. I've driven almost every single car you can imagine uh, throughout the years, which it's it's kind of help it's kind of an advantage of just driving all these different cars and kind of getting the experiment uh, i mean the experience and i feel like i can jump into just about anything and drive it did i hear you say you drove a hundred lap race in a four-cylinder yeah we we did it weekly in the cyclones it was it was an enduro style we, we had about high 20s to 30 cars and we just would run 100 laps every week at the end of the night every week every week jesus christ so there's, yeah, no re- there's no reason we can't have like a 24-hour lemons race. Well, this was up at Riverside, which is oh, now. Yeah. If we're like, running 100 laps every week, there's no reason. Yeah, but what time, were, out what time were you getting out, Cody, when you guys were doing this? Like out, out of the racetrack, yeah. probably midnight? Usually 10 to 11, probably. Yeah. During that time, my dad was actually, he was the general manager of the Speedway. So he liked to, he liked to get things moving. He didn't, he didn't let stuff drag out. Which is good. Totally, I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all enjoy, like, when you run the 150 lap or everybody wants to sit there and bullshit in the pit area afterwards and have a beer or two, but nobody wants to be there until the cows come home just for yeah. racing purposes. But even, I still did it every once in a while when I was running the late model full time because we kind of, we didn't own the track, but we, we ran it. So I kind of just left one of those four cylinders up there. So I'd race a late model. And then after those races are done, I would just jump out of that and jump in the cyclone and go out and have fun for 100 laps. Did you ever have anybody complain that you were driving three classes above and then dropping down three classes? Honestly, no one ever did because I, I mean, I was not even really competitive in that front wheel drive, to be honest. I was maybe a fifth to seventh place car. I think I finished on the podium once. I n- never won one of those races. There was guys in that class were good. Now, were those like full cages though, and everything? Full cage race seat, the whole nine. Yeah, they were. They were pushing the limits to kind of a higher end four cylinder stock four cylinder. Uh, they were full cages. Most guys kind of left the stock steering columns and stuff like that, and all the suspension had to be stuck. You were only allowed uh, one inch of camber on the right front, stuff like that. So it wasn't it wasn't overly crazy, but it was enough to get. The racing itch, I guess, is the best way to say it. It was a pure stock. Okay, so closer Just to that. A, yeah, it was a pure stock event, kind of. So then but you... No. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say, I did the late model thing for, for two years. I was 16 and 17. Uh, I had pretty decent success my first year uh, when I was 16. I finished third in points. Uh, the guys who beat me were um, Brian Mason. He's a probably four or five time late model champion at Riverside. He runs ACT every once in a while now. And the guy that finished second is actually Jeff Marshall. He just won 
the white mountain late model championship. So I wasn't racing against guys that were slouches. Um, and then the second year it was, it was iffy. I was competitive, but I had a lot of bad luck every once in a while. And it kind of, kind of hindered the points. So now when you, did you only do Riverside or did you venture over to white mountains at this point? Uh, with the late model, I, I never, I never left Riverside at all. I, I hadn't raced white mountain in a while. I, since I raced that truck, I, I just stayed up at Riverside and I, I never traveled. Cause like R- a, Riverside's I a lot never, closer to you, right? Than white mountains or is the yeah, other way around? Yeah. Riverside's only 25 minutes to half an hour. Uh, white mountains about an hour. So it was a, a lot easier to make the trek up to, to Riverside. I don't blame you there. And then, yeah, but, so you finished the two years in the late models. You said your second year, you kind of ran through some bumps and bruises. Where did you go after that? I went back down to another four cylinder front wheel drive. Um, they call them, they call them street stocks. There's what the street stocks are at Thunder Road with the race wheels and race tires. Uh, I did that. I did that for a full season. Um, I also did, I still did the Cyclone Enduro stuff. So I was doing two cars and just racing front wheel drive four cylinders that year. And we, after that, my dad kind of got out of the GM stuff at Riverside and I, I, to start 2012, I, I wasn't even racing. I didn't even have a car. Uh, the first month or two, I, w- I wasn't racing at all. And I missed missed it like crazy. I don't, I don't really know why it wasn't, but uh, we bought another V8 Camaro, and we ventured back down to White Mountain. That was my, in 2012, that was my first year back down there. And I did two seasons uh, with the V8 Strictly Stocks down there. Now, is that... Is that the picture that I've seen that you did? Did Keith run down there? Yeah, that's Keith ran a couple times in 2013, and that's when we raced against each other. Who was, that was the better a, driver? That was, that was a really fun class. Who was the better driver, you or him? <laughs> I was, but Keith was. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't race a ton. He raced a lot of four cylinder stuff uh, early on. Then I feel like he got out of it a little bit. And then the, him and uh, our friend Haywood, and they were they were close together, and they built him a, a Monte Carlo. Uh, his car was really not up to snuff, but uh, he did well in it. He was a he was a decent driver. He he got what he could out of it. Yeah, and did you pick up some wins in yours or not? Or yeah, yeah. I, in those two years, I I won two races. I was competitive. I I didn't set the world on fire, but I could run up in the top five a lot. I won the. In 2012, I won their big big race of the year, the 50 lapper. Started on the pole, but hey, wins a win. But I had some decent success with that. And then uh, in 2014, we got rid of that strictly stock, and I went back to a front wheel drive at White Mountain. They called them the strictly stock minis there. Yep. And I actually purchased. I don't know. Do you know Ben Belanger? He he has an at car now. No. But uh, he used to be really dominant up at White Mountain and Riverside with a four cylinder. And I bought his three time championship car and just went out and absolutely dominated with that car. Won a bunch of races. Never finished outside the top five. And I ended up winning. That was my first championship. Was in the front wheel drive four cylinder at White Mountain in 2014. It, so is that what, because again, I kind of 
not to pick on you here, Cody, but I know you from your Northeast mini stock days. Does that championship give you the idea to go chase the tour or was it just time to go traveling? I still had a, another gap year to get to the NEMA stuff, but that year I started opening my eyes a little bit. I went down to Lee for Oktoberfest and I thought I was the hottest thing in the world with this Sunfire. And there was this black number 36 with race wheels and race tires on and a big guy named Cody Sabins, and he killed us. Absolutely killed us at Lee Oktoberfest. Cody and I, I was like, wow, there's, there's faster cars out here. Look at all this, this fancy stuff they can do. They can put camber in their rear tires and stuff like that because in the Sunfire, we couldn't do anything because it's a solid axle in the back. Yep. But, I mean, the the Hondas and stuff, we'd really never raced them up at Riverside and, and White Mountain. They were kind of kind of an outsider thing. We, we never saw them. I, I wish I knew about them back then because, man, what I know now with an Integra, it would have been game over. I was going to say, because you guys pretty much, like as much as I hate to say, between there and Thunder Road, it was like Sunfires, Cavaliers. Oh, that's all it was. Yeah. Like it was they, Sunfire and Cavaliers. Yeah. You can mix a neon every once in a while, but there was there was no import cars at all until that's when I start when I first learned about them was when I went down to to that Lee Oktoberfest and that was my first time I ever raced at a track that wasn't Riverside or Grofton. Really? That was my first first time vent venturing out. Yeah, where did you finish that day? I was in the top five and I remember making contact with someone I think it was I think his name was Jordan. Jordan Hadley or Hoadley, he races late models down at Waterford. Hmm. I I got up into him and I cut my right front tire and uh, I had to go back and we had to drive out ten miles to your pit. Oh yeah, because you and guys by, put by it out by the road, yeah, right? But, yeah, by the time I got back, I was multiple laps down, so it didn't mean anything at all. But uh, after that year, I <laughs> I went back to the V8s. Uh, <laughs> I went back to Speedway. 50, it was the new Speedway Fifty One. Um, which was Riverside. Yep. Uh, LaCaris bought it and turned to Speedway 51, and I went back to a V8. I had a Tiger Sportsman. Um, they run that Thunder Road and um, White Mountain now. The metric chassis cars on 7-inch wheels. Yep. I finished second in points of that. That was fun. I learned a lot that year. It was competitive. I won a race or two. Car counts were iffy until the end of the year. I was going to say, so those ones there, what is it, that has the jack and bolts in the front and the rear, or just one? Yep. Yeah, yeah all the way around. Manifolds. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I know there's an issue with the Tiger cars trying to come now to the NHSTRA stuff because of basically that, because of the jack and bolts in the front and some of the other little tweaks that they have that we don't have in the street and, stocks or whatever. In that year, they wanted to do an old school thing that they did in the past. They ran a 10-inch tire on the right front, a 10-inch super late model tire. So you had sevens on everything but the right front? Everything but the right front. How'd that work out? It was awful. <laughs> you had to run, you had to run, it was so free, you had to run so much cross. I'm talking like 65, 66% cross on that car. Jesus. To not, to not spin out. It was, uh, you could put the front end anywhere you wanted to go because of all that grip on the right front. I bet. But man, it, it it was a handful to drive, but it was it was fun. Um 
I kind of I just sold that car at the end of the year, end of that year, because we started going with a uh, our buddy that was local. He had a Nemus car that he bought. He wanted just to race Loudon, so he bought an Acura Integra off Zach Audet in Maine. Yep, and he started. Uh, running that the Nemus stuff, and I was like, "Hey, I'll go, I'll go help, and all that stuff." We he ended up using our trailer one time because he just had an open trailer, and we all went over and we're like, "Wow, this is this is kind of cool. You can you can do all this stuff to a four cylinder." And uh, that's when the Nemus the Nemus stuff started for me in 20, 2016. We went to Bangor, Maine, and bought a Acura RSX Type S with a K series motor, and. Uh, that's when I that's when I started running Nemus. I wasn't very good to start. Uh, the car was not really up to snuff. It had a ton of power, as you can see. Everybody in the K series talks about all the power, but uh, the motor was on the is on the wrong side with the with with those, and it makes the car a, a handful to drive. But it definitely was a learning experience going forward throughout the throughout the years in Nemus. So I actually ran against an RSX in the Pure Stocks. So when we had the pure stocks here, so again, it's kind of like what you were saying where it's, you know, bone stock stuff is what we were running. I had like a, like a 95, 96 Honda Civic with a old Ronda. Yeah. D 15 in it. So I had like 96 horsepower from the factory and we had a kid by the name of Zach Lynn down here who had a Acura RSX with like racing, two racing Zach. Yeah. He had like yeah. 214 horsepower and it was like his problem was, and I love Zach to death and he finally figured it out. But the first like five weeks he treated it like it was a drag strip. So he'd just blow by everybody and the thing wouldn't turn. Missed the corner. Oh, every time. Yep. Every yeah, time. Yeah, like with this, with my RSX that I had, we had all the suspension stuff done. That motor was, it was bone stock. You didn't need to do anything with it. It had enough power. Yeah. Because with the mini just, stock tour, you guys were allowed coilovers and shit, right? Oh, everything. Everything was adjustable, which it just, it was tough. because the motor's on the right front when the transmission's on the left. So all that right front weight makes it so hard to set up it just that's why those cars they don't those cars can't run long distance races they they get kill the right fronts on them so you so it was 2016 was your first year with the mini stock tour yeah i did okay i mean towards the end of the year i started running in the top five which was which was good but my teammate haywood who had that integra he won the championship that year and man that car was a rocket and 2017 came around he gets this great idea that he wants to he wants to trade his street car that he had he had a nice cutlass to trade it for a super late model because he wanted to run a super late model at loudon yep he just he had this obsession with loudon and he went to my dad he's like hey he's like i'm gonna do this super late model deal i need some money because super late model, you need three to four grand for shocks He's like, I'll sell you the Integra cheap so I can buy some stuff for the Superlate model. My dad's like, hell yeah, I'll buy that thing. Things a rocket. So I basically had two cars. And my first time racing it, that Integra, it was at Claremont in 2017. First race, first race of the year. Well, second race for Nemus was my first race of the year. I had to miss the first one because of, of working. And... I never, I never went back to that that RSX. That Integra was an absolute, absolute monster. Did you win at Claremont? I've never won at Claremont. Really? That track just hates me. <laughs> I finished on, I finished on the podium at least 
five, six times there in Nemist or Nistra or I ran, I finished third in a Granite State race there. But I just, I can't win. I mean, does it, uh, we'll get to this in a little bit, but does it hurt that you sold a car that's won, won there twice after you sold it? Oh, boy. Which one? The, the RSX? The, your last one. The last one oh. you sold. Oh, no, I'm happy for him. That, that, <laughs> that, car's the, that car's a rocket. So, but but when the little bit more competition showed up that last day, you can you could tell. You could tell. You could absolutely tell. But, on that but he did he did really well, and it's only up from there. I think he's gonna. Oh, he'll. I think he's gonna win a ton of races this year. So that so again so you ran you ran this Integra you said twenty seventeen. Yep, 2017. Uh, I think I only won one race. Yep. But I mean, I was competitive every week. I was in the top three. Um, that was when the tour was the tour was thriving then. I mean, Emerson was good. Glenn Thomas showed up four times and won four times. Uh, Son Halter was really good. Everybody was on their A game. Nick Anderson was good. And uh, I think I finished third and fourth in points that year. And then 2018 is when. That's when I broke out and and started getting my name out there, because that's my that was my first championship year, and I started traveling more down south, and we we were really really strong in 2018. So rattle off some of the tracks you actually hit in 2018, because it wasn't just New England, correct? That's when you say south, you went like south south to race, correct? Yeah, in 2006 or one of that, I think 2016, I went down to Southern National. With that RSX, that was my first trip ever down there. But 2018 is when I made the trek down to that uh, the national, the Carolina Nationals at Carteret County. Yep. And I ended up, I got the track record, sat on the pole. There was 48 cars. There was so many cars. Damn. And we, the top two, didn't have to run heat races, so I, I didn't have to run any of the heats. I just got my my pole starting spot. I led almost the whole race. I fell back a little bit. Because I was trying to ride, and everybody was pushing hard. And we ended up getting the lead back. And then five laps to go, I went in the corner, and the car slid out from under me and went up the track, and two guys passed me. And I came on the radio, I'm like, I don't know what the heck just happened. I don't know if I just blew it. I was apologizing to them. I was like, sorry, guys, I don't know what just happened. And I get out of the car, and the front stretch and the right rear tires on the rim. <laughs> I had a pinhole in the right rear with five laps to go. And finished third still. Yeah, lost a two grand race, but uh, the winner ended up getting disqualified, so we finished second. We still went home with fifteen hundred bucks, so it was a nice break even weekend. <laughs> break even? Come on, it cost you more than that to go down there. Yeah, but I'm very lucky that I have a a sponsor and a friend that lives down there. So when we do our traveling down there, he takes care of a lot of expenses for us, That's good. such as meals and hotel rooms and. Stumps on buys tires and fuel, and it it really helps. That's why we do it. That's if it wasn't for him, we we wouldn't be able to do what we did um, the last couple of years. Apex Racing, located at 972 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire, is now open and ready to assist you. Keep them in mind when the time comes for all your parts and accessory needs for your upcoming race season. Need help setting up and maintaining your car? Their in-house staff will be there to help you out with those needs as well. Last but not least, they will have the NHSTRA Modified Rides available for rent on a weekly basis. 
Apex Racing, we'll see you in victory lane. But uh, yeah, that's that that race kind of that got my name out there to the Southern guys, and they knew who I was, and from the, from there on, I end up selling that car to Aiken after that race, and was starting to get out of the NEMA stuff and head back towards the V8 stuff. So. 2018. So how how many races did you win in 2018? Your championship year. I think I only won three, but I mean I finished. If I if I didn't break a wreck, I was on I was on the podium. Okay. There's a lot of second and thirds in there, but that's yeah. I ended up winning the championship in the last race at Thompson. So you win the championship. That was you said you went to Cataract there. Um, yep. Did you go anywhere else outside of the NEMA? the Northeast mini stock tour ride that year, or was it pretty much just that and that Cataract speedway? Yeah. I really didn't venture anywhere else with, with that car. And then in 2019, um, we ended up making a deal with a, with a guy over Vermont. Um, he had an open seat in a ACT style late model and we put a deal together and we decided we we're going to run white mountain late model full time. But I still, I had another car um, funny is that car, another four cylinder car I had was Cody Saban's all wildcat. Um, the, th the one that he dominated at Lee with. Yep. We ended up getting that car as a, as a roller and I stripped it down to nothing, which they were already, it was already pretty gutted, but every, all the suspension was stock. So I tinkered through that year. Everyone, every time I get a chance, I turned it into a Nemus car. I put all the adjustable suspension, coilovers, all everything suspension-wise was brand new in that car. Put a built motor in it, good transmission, and then we built the we got a lightweight body built on it. And then I ran the whole late model deal through 2019. Ran most of the season at White Mountain. Kind of gave up on it at the end because I wanted to do a couple act races. Yep. So I did some. I did a little, a couple of act races. I did one at Oxford. End up winning the pole at Oxford for the ACT race on the 250 weekend, which was pretty cool. Uh, went up to uh, Canada, <laughs> DNQ'd up there. That was a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> That's but humbling, it humbles it? you. It tells you you're not that good, and everybody's got their stuff together. So you need to get better. So I chalked that up as a learning experience. And now, if we go up there this year. Uh, I have some notes and notes in my head of what I need. So, so did you end a, up running a learning any, experience? Did you end up running any mini stock races in that year that you did the late model stuff or no? I ran one. Uh, they had the, the Nemus nationals at white mountain in 2019. And I brought that car out and I led almost the whole race, like the whole first three quarters of that race, I was dominating. And I noticed my car, I don't know if you've ever had it lost an engine. You can kind of feel it start to bog down a little bit and, and not, not be right. And I noticed towards the end of that race, I'm like, mm, I think I'm losing an engine. And I ended up falling back to like third and it was like seven to go. And I came with the radio. I'm like, Hey, um, I think I'm blowing up. My dad's like, yeah, you've already won like $1,700 worth of, of lap money. She's like, just blow it up. I was like, okay. So I kept going and she ended up popping, but we, uh, we bought that motor for like a thousand bucks and I ended up winning 1700 in lap money. 
So it paid for itself. Yeah. And then we were supposed to go that at the end of that year, I had that car was ready. We were going to go down to Carteret again in 2019, but it rained out like two days. Like when we were about to leave, they called it because the weather was bad and they moved it to March. So I went down and in November, 2019, I went to Southern national um, for the Thanksgiving classic because I wanted to leave my stuff down south just so I could I could race down there during the winter. So I I did the the Thanksgiving classic down there. But I think that actually ended up getting rained out on the race day. We practiced the day before then it got rained out. So we just we went home but I left the car down there. And then January of 2020 was my first New Year's bash experience. I went and ran the Carolina Mini Stock Challenge race at, at the bash and in 2020 right at the beginning of the year and that was a real that was a real good experience for me because man those guys are they're rough but they're good they're very good down there to say they're rough is an understatement yeah they're uh they're interesting but you get that at every track so i don't want to bash them on that but man those guys are good but that race was tough you won that one didn't you (laughs) no i finished fifth i was mediocre at best we had like 40 cars and i think i time trialed about eighth but that was with that car that i got from cody it wasn't any that car wasn't anything special it was a solid car but we fin we ended up finishing fifth that race you did then, uh, you did win one though didn't you down there yeah well yeah okay, that, okay, that was going. in 2021 yeah, right. that was the year I was after the, i was a year early yeah so in that 2020 year um well in the fall our, my car owner traded that late model to Ricky Bly for the pro stock. Radical. So then I, I had that pro stock, and we decided in 2020 we were going to run Granite State full-time. And that was a that was a learning experience. I'm glad I did it. I wish we kind of didn't get rid of that late model because, man, that freaking thing was a nice piece. And so we, in 2020, and then COVID came, so it kind of it kind of hindered everything. There yeah. was supposed to be a, a that makeup uh, race for Carter at Nationals was supposed to be in March, and then it was right when COVID started, and they had to cancel it because the governor put restrictions. Yep. But then we uh we did the Granite State thing. We we ran most of the schedule. Um, I had a wreck. I ran a pass race at White Mountain in August. And I had a bad wreck, and I mean, it was a $3,000 wreck, and I already had a bad one the month before, so it killed us financially, and I needed to take some weeks off. But I was, I was running Nemus with, I was running Nemus that year, too. I, I missed a couple races, but uh, I almost won the Nemus championship after missing two races <laughs> in 2020. So, you double, like, double dip basically that year, so you did well, triple, I guess. So you did pass and Granite State, so double dip there, and did the mini stock tour. What did you end up doing with that pro stock? I, I believe, where did that car end up? I think he ended up selling it, or no, he had it. Um, then they were gonna, they really kind of sat all last year, I think. Um, Colin Cornell was gonna drive it at White Mountain in a pass race, but I think it rained out. And then they ended up selling the car to Dale Shaw and Dale stripped it, took the drivetrain out of it. And I believe Nathan Kelly has it back. 
He has the chassis. 360 Design Lab. Might have had a red yeah. red body with a 55 on it. Yep. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Nathan has it. Might might have might have had that body on it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I have a question. What's that? And I'm gonna. Uh, I uh, I fully stand my ground on this statement. I've said it since day one. I think mini stock racing is the biggest waste of money. Compared, I, I can I can I can agree on that. <laughs> compared to what the money you dump in to go tour racing on a mini stock, you could have a fantastic street stock, a decent late model sportsman. You know what I mean? It just it just yeah. seems just seems like it's kind of a waste of money. Yeah, you just got to be smart with it. Um, I mean, in our in our Nemus car, we didn't really have a ton into it. I mean, it was a good car, but it was just you just had to buy the right stuff. I mean, everything in that car was the suspension wise was off eBay. They're dirt cheap to replace stuff, but they had a good motor in it. I mean, it wasn't anything extravagant, but I still feel it's it's way cheaper than some of the Nistra street stock races. Well, racing right now. <laughs> well, you got to there. I'm learning real quick that ACT stuff is significantly more expensive than yeah. this mini stock stuff. Uh, wow, it's uh, been a it's been an eye opener this winter. I was just gonna say you dove straight off the deep end going back to this this act thing. Why? Yeah. Why? Why the why the jump? Why now? Uh, I don't know. We just like in 2021 we ended up getting a a new the integra that i ran this year plus i had the nissan 240sx from glenn thomas so i was splitting time i ran the nissan with the belt series and then i ran full-time nemus with the integra and i won a bunch of races uh, especially down south to start i i won the carolina nationals race then i went to dylan i won the new year's bash Went to the icebreaker at um, Florence. We ended up getting the pole, but I messed up on the restart, and I fell back to third, and I never recovered, and I finished third. And then we just went on an absolute tear this past year, and I think we won eight races maybe. And it just, I don't want to say it got boring. It was, every time I went to the racetrack, I expected to win. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like... I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but that's just what I put on myself. When I show up the racetrack, I was like, all right, I need to win. I need to win. I mean, that's what, that's what we race for sometimes is we, we race, we want to be competitive. We want to win. And I felt like it was starting to turn negative and people didn't like me as much because I, I won a lot. And I mean, sometimes I was three to four tenths faster Yeah. and we kind of, we kind of just decided, well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to sell the car at the end of last year uh unless someone came with a significant offer i never posted it for sale and my whole plan was going to be i was going to go back down south this past fall and i was going to leave the car down there and i was going to run a full carolina mini stock challenge schedule in 2022 and i was approached um about my car and they asked me to give them a number and I told them my number and they're like, okay, we'll pick it up after uh, the star nationals race. <laughs> but I ended up uh, winning that last race with it. Won about 3,500 bucks and he gave me some cash and in his trailer, he went and I moved on and purchased an at car. 
Interesting. And you're in, so you won the championship last year for Northeast Mini Stock Tour as well, correct? So you're the 2018 and 2021 champion, correct? Yes, yes, sir. So then championship night was at Thunder Road last year, correct? Was the second to last race. Was it? But you locked it up that night, right? Or no? What's that? Yeah, almost. Almost. I was going to say, because you ended up. It would have taken. 35 cars right at thompson and then me finishing dead last and mike v is winning for me to lose a championship but you ended up having to drive a borrowed car at thunder road correct yeah i went out the first practice and i was really confident going that race i just i, I love thunder road and i just had a feeling that nissan was going to be good there and second lap of practice, I'm going on the straightaway, and I, the thing just seizes up. And I, I look in the mirror, I see a puff of smoke coming out. My dad's like, oh, like you lose a clutch or something? I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> she gone. <laughs> and uh, there's a big trail of oil back to the pit slab. And uh, Brian Putney was parked next to me. He's going to be running uh, the White Mountain Mini Late Models this year and the Nemus Tour sometimes. And Jeff Martin was helping him out. And... I know Jeff, well, I'm a big guy, so I need a big car to fit into, and Jeff's a bigger guy, and I was like, hey, Jeff, uh, your car ready? He's like, yeah, it's in the trailer at home. I'm like, how far are you away? He's like, 15 minutes. I'm like, can I rent your car? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll go get it, and he went, and I got everything ready, and he showed up with his car and unloaded it, and I started 15th with a bone stock Cavalier, and uh, finished seventh because everybody was breaking. Everybody was bra- we parked, so we were parked next to your replacement. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you were with Weasel there. I was with Weasel that night. Yeah, so that's why I remember that story like vividly. But you also got more of a taste of Granite State a couple times and pass at least once last year, right? Yeah, I ran a uh, Granite State twice in the fall um, for my buddy Gay Brown. Uh, we made a deal to to run his car it was kind of it was kind of funny so at the end of the 2020 season the granite state virtual banquet i ended up winning a body and i was gonna have gabe buy the body off me because i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna use it for anything yep and i was like i'm gonna take that money and i was talking to Corey Plummer. i'm like i want to rent a modified yeah. i've never raced a modified it's one of the only things i haven't raced friends of the podcast then he and then he was like, well, why don't you want to drive my pro stalker race? I'm like, I'm in on that because I've never, I've never had equipment like that before. I mean, the, his car is the best of the best. So I, I didn't want to pass up an opportunity. And we went to, we went to Lee and usually Granite State, you get about 45 minutes of practice. I don't know if you guys were there that day, but it was, it was raining on and off. And they basically gave us 10 to 15 minutes of practice. And that's all I had. I had no heat race, just time trial. And I kind of I kind of was off a little bit because there was too many Packers in the left front shock. So the car wasn't traveling all the way down. And it was staying too high. So by the time we got that all figured out, it was, it was the feature time. And it, it just made, once the car started digging... It just made it so free that I had to be so easy on the throttle the whole 100-lap race. But we ended up finishing eighth. There was 28 cars. I yep. think 18, 18 cars finished on the lead lap. 
we were competitive. We were, we we're passing cars. We're, we got up to, I think the seventh was the highest, but I had a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot. And that, that race gave me the reassurance that making the jump back to ACT, I know I could do it with the right equipment. And I know, I know I have the, the driving ability to do it. So that really kind of gave me the confidence. And after the race and Gabe's dad was like, Hey, you, you want to race it at Claremont? And I was unsure because, you know, if you wreck that car, it's a, it's a lot of money. Those, <laughs> those cars are pushing six figures money wise. And, uh, he wanted me to run it at Claremont that on the, the fall race at the end. And I, I had a lot of fun that day at Claremont. I know that the car counts was not that great, but just to be up front running with Gabe, running with Luke Hinckley, who's mastered that track for so many years. And Casey Call was a good good racer. And just we, we raced up front the whole race and I'm finishing third. I, I feel like I had a second place car, but just inexperience. I felt like I could have been better. My driving line wasn't as good. And I wish I could go back and do it again because I feel like I could, I could compete a lot better, even though we were decent that race. That was, we had a long green flag run during that race, didn't we? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty long green flag run at one time. And (laughs) my, my leg ended up falling asleep. Just it's those cars. There is very heartbreaking. You're, you're really getting on the brake hard. And my left foot ended up falling asleep, and I could barely feel the brake pedal. Yikes. But, no, we, we made it work and, and survived, and I learned a lot from that, and it gave me a lot more confidence making our uh, ACT car purchase. Yep, so then, like you said, so you ran Star, sold your mini stock, which was prior to this, prior to that weekend, but so you sell it. What did you buy for an ACT car? Um, actually, it was the guy that I ran the late model in Granite State for, Mark Potter. His daughter was racing at White Mountain, and they had two cars. They had an older Shaw chassis, and they put a brand-new Ford drivetrain in it. Plus, they had a newer Shaw chassis. It was about one year old with a Chevy. And at the end of the year, he sold that old chassis to Dale Shaw and Jimmy Renfrew Sr., and Renfrew Sr., and then took the drivetrain out of it, and that's going to be in Jimmy's ACT car. So I bought it as a roller, but it was a very outdated car. It's a 2006. It used to be John Donahue's car at Thunder Road back in the Jesus. I think 2013, 2012 days. But it's an old car, and I don't think it's ever been clipped. DJ Shaw and I, we talked about it, and we don't think it's ever been clipped. And the whole idea of buying this outdated car, I got a pretty decent deal on it. But my whole thing is if I was going to do this, I was going to completely update the car and put all the 2022 stuff, best of the best stuff that I could on it. And that's what we've been doing over the winter. It got a front rear clip and I've been putting all the bolt-ons on and I basically have it as a full roller right now and the drivetrain's in and, and the next couple of days I'm going to send it back over to them and they're going to put a body on it and finish it up and we're going to go race in a couple of weeks. Is Dale happier about putting the body on than he was last week or still not yet? Well, uh, he'll be fine. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crunch time that, for those guys. They, they, yeah, they're, uh, they're really busy right now, and uh, they've, been, they've been great. They, they helped me out. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't venture into this 
ACT scene. If I didn't have the relationship I have with them, I I wouldn't do it. Okay. I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. They're uh, they're behind me all the time. I call DJ and Gabe and Steph Shaw every single day asking questions, and uh, I'm lucky that my father-in-law he he used to race ACT, and now he's back in a late model, and I have him to to lean on as well, and. Those guys' phone gets blown up every day by me, and just asking questions. I'll, I just want to do everything, everything right because I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do it 100. percent I'm not gonna half-ass it, and I want to be competitive. And I think I can do it with with the equipment that I'm gonna have this year. And the goal is just to be competitive every week and take some experience of track time that I have in mini stock. I know it it doesn't really translate, but I have some. Um some track time with a Granite State car at some of the tracks we go to, so hopefully it can transfer over over with that. So you're going to literally, so you dump all this money into basically an updated ACT car, and your first thought and brilliancy is to run it at Loudoun. Yep, I'm going to I'm gonna run the ACT tour the full season. I filed the full season entry. I had some good sponsors come on, and uh, we're just going to go for it. I think we, I think we can do it. Well, it's funny. So we we actually got turned down for media passes by uh, the ACT people because they said we didn't uh, cover ACT enough. And I was like, well, this will be a perfect opportunity to see if we can shoot our shot to, to get down to Loudoun and get access to you guys. I think it'd be sick. Have you? Yeah, for sure. So you have – did you drive – you drove the mini stock at Loudoun? Boring is all. Yeah, I, I have three times. I finished. Uh, I finished third twice. Uh, we had a pretty exciting finish last year. It was three wide down the backstretch on the yeah, last we, lap. We were there. Yep. It was pretty wild. It, yeah, that was a uh, that was fun. Uh, 2018, I finished third. I wasn't as competitive as I was last year. Um, but then the 2000, that was 2017. I finished third. 2018, I wrecked. I was in the top five, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was a uh, a video that Kyle Smith did and it was Cody Saban's Dodge in that wreck. Oh yeah. I come out turn two. I was fully involved in that wreck and <laughs> tore my car to hell. Yeah. That's why I said, I mean, you're you're picking your first race that you know, it's it's at a track where you're probably the highest speed you guys are gonna hit all year long and I don't know. It takes a lot of nuts. Yeah. I'm excited just because yeah, it's gonna be a little bit faster, but we're driving a purpose like purposely built race car now so there'll be more grip and everything should do as it should when you dive bomb a Acura Integra in a corner it, and you know you got $15 uh, rear upper control arms off eBay <laughs> in the rear it's it's pretty sketchy but uh, I've, I enjoyed the, the Nemus time it, it made you learn how to drive an ill handling car and I'm hoping that uh the ACT car handles a lot better and makes it a lot more enjoyable to drive. Nice. So you're not at all concerned about the jump up from mini stock to act at Loudon. Cause some, no. some of the guys we've talked to that have raced loud and just say it's big, it's fast. And some of them did not like the, the amount of speed you carry into the turns. They just couldn't find it in them to hold it down. Going. I in, would you know? I would find it probably be more intimidating going to Thompson than going to Loudon. Whoa. Because really? it's Loudon there's a lot of space. 
Yeah. There's, I mean, you could you could run five wide into a corner. We did it with the mini slugs. You can run five wide and have plenty of room. Thompson, you're going against the wall, and then you have a the wall a groove of a groove above you. So there's really not a lot of room for error, and you're doing over a hundred mile an hour. So I think it'll I think it'll be all right. It's going to take a little bit getting used to. I'm hoping I could jump on a track either White Mountain or something before and then next week or so just to shake the bugs down and just make sure everything's brakes are working, nothing's leaking and no catastrophic failures <laughs> at 125 miles an hour. Nice. So so you said earlier your goal was just to be competitive. So you're not shooting for I mean I think everybody's shooting for a championship, but your goal is just to be competitive this year. Yeah, I don't I mean ACT is it's it's tough. I mean, yeah. even if you talk to someone like like DJ Shaw, who's won five pass race, uh, five pass championships, and won a ton of pass races, I mean, he only won run. He's only won one act race in his career, and he says it's probably the hardest series to win in because it's spec racing, and everybody's got the same stuff. So it's finding that little extra advantage to get get your speed it's it's tough racing you got to put your elbows up you're going to use fenders you're going to use doors because to be honest everybody's almost the same speed so it makes it it makes it very challenging it's actually funny you bring that up that he's only got one win so i actually just so when i flew down to hickory last weekend i listened on the way back to justin st louis on common deeds yeah. i listened to the dj shaw episode and he actually on paper on the racetrack won at Loudon, got DQ'd for a carburetor failure and his only ACT win he finished second and somebody else got DQ'd for him to get the win that was Wayne Hello. he ended up winning and yep. he ended up winning on the DQ yep and it was funny and again I, I gained a lot of respect for DJ I'm not saying I didn't have respect for him then but it gives you a new perspective just to hear like the backside of the story of DJ Shaw and like everything else and not just you know, like call a spade a spade, not just some pompous kid that comes in, mops everybody up and goes home. He's yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know the the real side of him. He's a he's a really down to earth person. Um he's not very like he's not out there socially. He he kinda he sticks to his circle and when you get to know him, he's a he's a really really good person, and he's been a he's been a huge help to me over the last couple of years. You got to remember, though, man, up this way especially, he he's had uh, some uh, some brushings with some some local guys over here. So. Yeah, he had a brushing at White Mountain with Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but, uh, he did. Yeah, he, I'm I'm glad that he got his story out there, and I mean, I learned something. I mean, I know him pretty. I like to think I know him pretty well, but I learned some stuff from that interview. But that's how he is as a person. He's a he's a down to earth guy, and he's willing to he's willing to help anybody out. Yeah, he seems like a down to earth guy. Justin did a great yeah. job with that interview too. Yeah, Shout yeah, for sure. Well, I think I got nothing left. If you want to shout out your sponsors before we end here, Cody, so that way everybody gets a listen to who you who gets you the racetrack every week. Yeah, for sure. Just I had to write them down just so I didn't forget because I knew that I'd probably get. But cause it's a new year. I mean, I know I was in like in the victory lane a lot with the mini stock stuff last year, so I got to rattle them off like crazy. But now to start off, I got a a new sponsor this year that's going to be our primary sponsor on the at car, and they're going to be in the hood. Uh, Nayland Farms at a at a Conway, New Hampshire. Uh, 
he also owns Lucy's Ice Cream. He sponsored me at the end of last year, and he's the car owner of uh, Gabe's number 50 car. Uh, Dale Drew, he's, he's come on this year, and if it wasn't for him, this the season probably wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have happened. He he came up big for us, and uh, very very thankful for him. Uh, Shamrock Nation, they've been with us since uh, 2018. He's our guy down south. He Steve, he's he's great to us when we go down there and takes care of us. And the plan is at the end of this year to go back down south with our Nissan, and I'm gonna race uh, in the winter winter down there with the Carolina guys. Uh, Sunel Napa of Berlin, our local parts store. They've been with my dad since early '90s, late '80s. So it's cool of them to to be on board with us for the last however many years. Uh, White Mountain Community College. They've been with us since 2018. Uh, my employer, Presby Steel. Uh, they came on board last year, and they've been a they've been a huge help. And the last but not least, Dale Shaw Race Cars. Uh, Dale, Steph, Gabe, DJ. They uh. They're great people, and I'm, I'm very blessed to have them in my corner. They uh, they help me out a lot. I can be annoying sometimes, calling and texting, but they uh, they always help me out, and I'm very thankful to have them. And this this act thing wouldn't be possible without them. All right. So then the last thing is, do you have any social media pages that anybody can follow you at? Yeah, you can follow my uh, racing page on Facebook. It's just Cody LeBlanc Racing. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's kind of a personal account, but um you'll see a lot of nep i racing stuff on there and uh, going back and forth with the guys the good news is you race uh, real race cars better than you race fake race cars oh man i'm so bad on <laughs> i racing it's not even funny it it makes me frustrated sometimes but knowing that i'm okay at real race cars it helps me sleep better at night uh that's at cody leblanc seven on twitter instagram snapchat all that fun stuff well, cool. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Talk to you later. Later. We'd like to take a moment and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Turn 4 Podcast. Have a question, comment, or query? We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us today at our Facebook page, Turn 4 Podcast. And until next week, we'll see you at the racetrack.